0: Well, hey, I want to welcome you today to an incredible hour uh, with an amazing guy that's just doing God's work in just such a creative and yet intentional and really uh, disciple-making way and I'm Larry Wachemeyer. I'm the Director of Equipping and Spiritual Engagement with Exponential, and I pastor a great church here in uh, Long Beach, California called Light and Life, and we're just so glad that you are going to join us for this hour of really learning and growing. We're not just going to talk about the book for an hour. Mm -hmm. We're going to really seek to help you grow for yourself, but also for those that you minister to. If you're a church leader, if you're a pastor, if you're a denominational leader, if you're a, a person thinking about church planting, uh, whoever you are, this is going to be a very informative and equipping kind of hour for you. So, we're just really thankful that you've joined us today. So, um, I want to I want to introduce to you uh, Pastor Pat Linnell, who is the author of a new book that just came out in May. Um, Pat has uh, been a pastor for 14 years and uh, serving as the teaching pastor at at a large church. And he leads, he's the founder and leader of the grace bomb movement. Uh, So he's the chief visionary and he travels to churches around the country to introduce them to a really unique an in-depth discipleship Mm. tool. Uh, And he does that through preaching and through making this resource available. And uh, so he's written this new book that I think just came out in May. Right, Pat? It did. Mm -hmm. And it's called Grace Bomb, the surprising impact of loving your neighbor. So uh, he and his wife, Kristen, and four kids, brother, God bless you, man. Thanks, You're sir. <laughs> You're blessed man. They reside in Davidsonville, uh, Maryland. So just want to welcome you, Pat. And I'm excited to share uh, your book and your discipleship resource tool with the church broadly. And uh, yes, so uh, just welcome. And, uh, and what are you excited about today?
1: Well, first, I'll tell you what I'm a little bit nervous about. I'm a little nervous that there's going to be a seven-year-old kid busting through that door at any minute because everybody's, you know, tucked away in the next room. So be forewarned. Those four kids could kind of spring out at any point, you know, in this new uh, age of Zoom and webinar. I love it. That's real (laughs) life.
0: That's where discipleship happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, just trying to disciple these kids real time in 2021, (laughs) it really starts at home. Uh, But I'm excited. Okay. So you asked the question, what am I excited about? Well, I love the bride of Christ and everybody who's laboring and pouring themselves into this work. Uh, I'm excited of what God is doing and what God wants to do through, you know, plan A of changing the world with the gospel. And I'm also, I have this kind of holy burden that there's a lot of untapped potential in most churches today, a lot of uh, spirit indwelt, you know, full on believing. Uh, Christians in the church, completely underutilized. And I'm excited to see what would happen if we could catalyze and spark not the 20% who do most of the work and give, but what if we can help the 80% of people take some no-kidding baby steps at first, but then to develop and to grow to the point that they could actually carry out the great commission without like the pastors and leaders having to walk their hand every step of the way. I'm excited to see in our generation that happen. Like I'm round in second, I'm 41, you know, I'm probably like halfway home and I want to see the church rise to her potential. And I want to see that untapped powder keg exploding. So, Anyway, you can tell I'm a little pumped about that, but that's what I'm excited about.
0: I love passion. And what you just described is something that's worth being passionate about. And Mm. here at Exponential, one of the things that is a key value for us is the mobilization of everyday believers. Mm. And um, the tool that you have is just an amazing tool to help us mobilize those people who uh as you said you know they're nice people they're nice christians uh but really they aren't doing much in their everyday lives to spread the love and the life and the kindness and the grace Mm.
1: uh,
0: of jesus to their neighbors so um Mm. so this title grace bomb Mm -hmm. wow explain explain that title uh uh, and cuz that's the name of the book and this movement that you're yeah. launching that's beginning to spread rapidly mm-hmm. grace bomb uh, help us think through what what
1: is what is grace bomb well clearly it's a metaphor so right off the bat we're leveraging some creativity here and obviously we don't want to hold on to the negative connotation of the bomb in the violent sense that man uses it but bombs are disruptive they change things things don't maintain, and they don't go on the same way when a bomb is involved. And God's grace is like that. When you trace his grace all through the scriptures, lives are being changed. His steadfast pursuit of people, that weathering, long-suffering grace, it changes hearts of stone to hearts of beating flesh, and they come alive to him. And so God's grace can come out of the clear blue sky. It can disrupt your life in the very best of ways. And that's sort of what we want to grab a hold of when we talk about grace bomb. It's this idea of no strings attached, unconditional love landing on someone and their lives never being the same. And God grace bombs us ultimately in Christ, but we as his workmanship, we're like grace built people. Who, are, who have been made to grace bomb people. And, you know, the Bible is not silent on, you know, walking out these good and surprising works. You can just flip page after page. And Jesus himself tells us that we are the light of the world and to let our light shine before men so that our father in heaven would be glorified. And that's what's behind this name. It's a redemptive contrast. We're going to take something that men t- intend for evil and God's going to use it for good. And it's going to get people's attention. And it doesn't seem too churchy, but, and that's okay because we want to reach real people who might be far from church, far from Christ. And this is one uh, fun and surprising way to perhaps get after that.
0: I love that. I love that. I got to tell you, Grace Bomb caught my attention. And at first I was like, Bomb, really? But as soon as I began to think about it and then begin to read even just a couple of sentences, I really loved it because it isn't churchy and because it captures that concept. Uh, it, grace and bombs may seem like a, a contrast to each other, as you said, that, that redemptive contrast, but the impact that they make and how they spread something. It's, it, when we bring an interruption of grace to a person's life, there are these ripple effects that mm-hmm. just begin to happen, so I love that, and and uh, of course um, at Exponential as being a resource of church planting, we we have a heart for the unchurch. Those mm-hmm. uh, we we don't want to live inside in, in insider language, yeah. and so I, I I love this because it's something that that people have been in church for forty years, or or people that have never been to church can actually begin to understand and. Um, so I, I really, I do love that, uh, Pat, what is, um, what would you say is the difference between, um, like the random acts of kindness movement? I -hmm. I know there was a movie and uh, Mm -hmm. that that got a lot of traction. I'm not sure how it's going still, but what's, what's the difference? Is there a difference between grace bomb and
1: random acts of kindness? A hundred percent. And let me explain it. And I think the movie you're talking about was Pay It Forward from yes. back in the day, Kevin Spacey yeah. and yeah. that kid from The Sixth Sense. That's yeah. a good movie. I see dead people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> both of them are good movies. Uh, but I, I think the Pay It Forward and the generic random acts of kindness, it is trendy and trending in culture. Uh, you can just look at your bag of Doritos these days. Literally, it's going to tell you to be kind, to be nice and all of that. So we don't lack this um, well-meaning, philanthropic, general, cultural vibe in the world where we want to do good and be good and be kind. And we celebrate that because we're human beings created in the image of God. And on some level, all of us know that we should be loving our neighbor. But here's the difference. Number one, with Jesus, nothing is random. And he calls us to love our neighbors over and over again, time and time again. So even though I might not know my neighbor's first name and they might be a a random person at that moment, it's not a random act of kindness because my king just commanded me to to die to myself and to put that person's needs before my own and to do something awesome for them. And so in that way, it's not random, but there's another way that grace bomb helps it not be like a random act of kindness. Because if you, if you notice even well-meaning Christians today, promoting Kindness in general, uh, I feel like it's lacking, and where it's lacking is generic kindness terminates on generic kindness. When I do do something nice, and it was when it was in the name of being nice, I thought, oh, what what a nice person! Uh, There are still good people in the world, and I believe in humanity. But grace bomb takes an intentional extra step to implicate Jesus as the source of our kindness that's the main difference. People need to know when they're surprised, when someone pays for their meal, gives up their seat on an airplane, paints their fence, uh, makes them cookies, and they're delivered in the middle of the night, or a thousand different other creative ways to love somebody, and you associate the name of Jesus with that, it gets them first feeling good, and then considering that there might be more joy where this you know more joy than this like maybe that little thing that that person did for me is just the tip of the iceberg and that's what we communicate through grace bomb and we do that you know in the logistical sense we have grace bomb cards paired with a very simple movement oriented grace bomb website and that simply points people to uh let them know that there's a source of kindness and his name is Jesus And that's really it. They can share their story. They can find out perhaps the church it may have came from. There's not a whole lot else going on with that website. We want to keep it very simple, very focused on Jesus. Uh, But the cool thing about Grace Bomb, and we can get into this in our hour, is the website and the card is is a helpful, almost like training wheels. But after a while, we don't need to rely on on a website to explain there's more where this came from. I contend that when somebody steps out of their comfort zone six times, half a dozen times, by the seventh or eighth time, they're probably a little bit more ready to say why I did this or where it came from. Uh, and, but it's okay to start anonymously and let people go to the website and share your story. And, and that's fine because a lot of believers out there, when it comes to taking Jesus public, we just need to start dipping our toe in the water. You know, I can stand up in a pulpit and preach the great commission, Matthew 28, make disciples, baptize, teach, and I will get so many blank stares because they're like, well, that's what you're doing, preacher. Like, that's why you get paid to lead this organization because you're yeah. the guy doing that. So a lot of what our people need is just to start where they are. And a lot of people just need a baby step, step and then Grace Bomb can, can become some of those first baby steps along the way.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right, Pat. I, in my preaching, I always tell the people, you, you gotta say YBH, yes, but how? Mm. So, but how do I do that, Pastor? And and I think so much of our teaching and preaching says go make disciples, just like you said, but doesn't give the kind of tangible, actionable steps that are small enough to start a person on that. Path, and to me, as I as I read your material, I, I, I was just like this. This is a great way to get them in motion, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that you pair uh, an act of, of grace, an act of love, and especially one that you f- have felt nudged by the Holy Spirit, and we can get yes. into that in a moment. Mm-hmm. But when you pair that uh, with Jesus, as you're saying, suddenly they realize that they're moving into that Ephesians 2.10 calling that they were created for, um, in in small ways that will lead to much uh, larger, uh, larger ways. Um, Mm -hmm. so talk to, talk to me about, um, about the, the spirits nudging in this and the spirits leadership in this, um, I love the fact that you you don't say it's random, but, but one of the things I noticed in, in in your materials is this, you, you begin to get the believers listening Mm -hmm. to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Talk a little bit more about, about that with us.
1: Yeah. Our, we have a very simple instruction manual for grace bombing. It alliterates because, you know, I'm a preacher, Uh, but it's load, listen, and let her go. And so (laughs) load, you're being intentional. You have some cards on you. Listening is that space where when you're out among your everyday walk of life and you're just trying to be more sensitive to the spirits prompting. And we, we have lots of stories that come in and they share sort of a common verbiage. People will say, uh, the Lord put on my heart or he nudged me or I, I felt burdened or uh, I, my heart was tugged or prompted and all of these little things. I think what people are trying to describe is that moment where the indwelling of the Holy spirit is he's like activating to say, Hey, great time to love your neighbor. Great, great opportunity to point somebody to Jesus. Right. Cause we have the Holy spirit. He's trying to, you know, get us our eyes focused on Christ and he's empowering us to take those steps. And so it also makes sense that he's sort of not in a weird, you know, spidey sense way, but he's going to probably start to illuminate some of those scriptures that we so well know Ah, uh, to love our neighbor and give us those little tugs, and it might feel a little different for everybody, but there's sort of that common lingo and language. But here is here's the really uh, cool proposition. And you mentioned Ephesians two ten, and and Grace Bomb is really, at least the first sermon series, is really anchored in Ephesians two ten, because Paul says we're his workmanship. Okay put together, assembled, built by grace. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We know who we are. We know where we're going. He is filling and fueling us. But then we're told that we're created for these good works, which he's prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And So it's almost like if the Lord has laid opportunities in our everyday path, it makes sense that he's going to kind of alert us or alarm us to those opportunities when they strike. But here's where here's where it gets a little pastoral. Um, you know, how do I know it's the, the prompting of the spirit and it's not just the pizza I ate last night okay. when it comes to, should I do this thing? You know, there's some checkpoints along the way. Uh, is it going to elevate Jesus? Uh, are you stepping out of your comfort zone for the right reasons? You know, those sorts of things are some checkpoints, but it also helps us take a look at where we are with the Lord and the Holy Spirit in general. And so we even preach uh, a couple of the sermons in the Grace Bomb Sermon Series about, is there any area we're actually quenching the spirit? Mm Because it's hard to actively want to hear from the Holy Spirit in one side, but then like totally ignore him on the other hand. And so that's where it's like, can we take an account of our walk and are we pursuing holiness and are, are, are we allowing him to do his work in our life so that we can hear him clearly so that we can, you know, act on when, when he lights an opportunity up. Uh, and so those are some cool pastoral things to get into, you know, cause it's not all about just do, do, do. Cause oftentimes we have to start inside first. Uh, but I contend that if we're on good terms, with the Lord, and we feel our conscience is clear before the the spirit, then we're going to be able to better hear him clearly.
0: That's fantastic. And if you're just joining us, I want to welcome you to the Exponential Hub. And we're here on a book tour with uh, Pat Linnell, who's written the book, Grace Bomb, and the surprising impact of loving your neighbor, it's not just a book; it's also a movement, and it's also an in-depth discipleship tool that churches can use to move and mobilize their people on the Great Commission work through everyday acts of grace and love. So, thank you for being with us uh, today, and uh, and and we're going to tell some stories too, Pat. I, I just. I just got to hear I, I went to your, I went to your Facebook page and man, I'm blown away. You're on like story number seven hundred and sixty seven or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. On your Facebook page. And I started reading some of those grace bomb stories. And folks, if you're if you were listening today, you, you, you got to go to their Facebook page and check it out um, because you're just going to read some amazing just stories, some common, just stories of people intervening with the love of God into everyday moments. And by the way, you can get Pat's book. Uh, We've got a link right there for you to just click on that so that you can access his book and uh, make that a part of your learning, but also your life and your discipleship. And, um, so we've, uh, We've got a question from the audience, uh, Pat, and I, I want to invite you as you're listening yeah. on the hub um, to send us in your questions. We'd love to make this interactive. And the first question, Pat, is this, how do you help people
1: make this a habit instead of a short campaign? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And that part of why we exist, uh, this ministry of the Grace Bomb Company, a nonprofit that exists to help churches carry out. The Great Commission, Everyday Life, uh, we exist for that very reason, because it's easy to send up a really cool uh, sermon series and everybody kind of flares up. Um, But there's a couple of ways to get at this. One is sort of specific to Grace Bomb, but then I think there's another principle here that you could apply to anything. Like how do you make anything a habit that you want your people to do? It can be a loving your neighbor habit. It could be good stewardship habit. Uh, whatever cultural DNA you're trying to set, how do you make that happen? As opposed to, oh, this cool idea for a while. What's the next cool idea? Right. Cause people are always about what's the next thing. What's the next thing you're on this treadmill of new, uh, which is, isn't always bad, but, um, good habits that are, you know, biblically centered are, you know, two thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, and so when it comes to the grace bomb movement, taking root in the church, the first thing is. We don't really see this taking hold in its entirety until probably 36 months out. And so we, what we provide for churches resource wise is, uh, 18 sermons that can be spread out over 36 months. So, some churches like to go six, one year, six, the next year, six, the next year. And what you're doing is you're kind of going deeper and deeper with every message and every series, uh, closer and closer to that great commission, discipling a few of your neighbors. But within that, what's happening is you're bringing something back. And so that's kind of one principle. You bring something back. If it's important to you, you bring it back. You know, and I know lots of churches out there come September and October, it's Vision Sunday. Why do we exist? What do we do? And there's a reason that this happens cyclically. And so I think if loving your neighbor, no strings attached and offering grace and taking those steps is a value, whatever mechanism you're, you're equipping and empowering with, you have to bring it back. So one way we do that through grace bomb is we bring it back through the pulpit, number one, but you mentioned stories and that's actually a good tie-in. I'll tell some stories, but let me tell you the value of stories, yeah. stories shape culture. I know there's a lot of us thinking, how do I embed the culture that I want in my church? Loving God, loving people, missional DNA, multiplication. There's all these things that we want. And it's good to have the pie chart, it's good to have the triangles and the words, you know, mission, vision, values, and the frame and everything else. But stories capture people's hearts, and then you just want to either do it or tell somebody about it, and you're you're happy that you you know you're excited you're doing it. So the second answer to how do you make this a habit is you got to tell stories, and it probably starts with the leadership. Because what I've found is the churches who begin to embrace Grace Bomb, who really see a long, deep run, is where the leadership has a lot of fun loving their neighbors with no strings attached in this way and are just kind of sharing what's happening. But what we do with Grace Bomb is we have the website that captures all stories from across the country and Canada. And what we're able to do is we're able to get stories from your geographical neck of the woods and give them right back to you. So we collect the stories, we send the stories back to the leadership. And then the question is, and this is outside of Grace Bomb, is how do you you tell the stories in your community? So maybe you utilize social media, maybe you don't. Maybe all your stories come from a sharing moment on a Sunday. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, like, how are you sharing stories? Because these are the real time things that people are doing, responding to the Lord, breaking into their neighbor's lives, how the Lord's impacting their lives. And as those things are told, you are fostering the culture you want. And so this is a total side note, but if all the stories we're telling is like, Hey, we're growing like crazy and we need more seats and we have to do all of these things. That's not a bad thing, but that's going to be where people's minds are. But if you tell a story about somebody who took a super simple step and then had a conversation with their neighbor about Jesus, that's a complete, that's a different kind of story. And so it's bringing it back. And it's the stories that kind of tie it all together uh, in this simple obedience to Jesus.
0: That's fantastic. And it, the idea that, that that we can get up in the morning and be going through a day and looking for a way to be the actual hands, feet, mouth of Jesus, wherever we work, study, play, um, do soccer with the kids, you know, Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's just, it's just a mindset that uh, people are like, okay, on Sundays, my Christian thing. But if you begin to instill the mindset that you're talking about, where you're actively looking for opportunities that are just really simple, but very powerful to grace bomb people, Mm -hmm. um, it, it gives you an external focus. And so, um, so what you heard on Sunday is actually put into play in your ordinary life in impactful ways and uh, story after story just begins to happen. And uh, I, I, I can think,
1: share, I can yeah. share a couple real quick, Larry, yeah, since I, we're I, just on I the story to topic.
0: That. That's what, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Cause some, some people might be thinking, okay, give me what an example. Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like what's up. So, I mean, I, I, I have some very popular stories. I love to tell There's stories in the book, stories about uh, people coming to faith, coming back to faith, investigating Jesus because of a simple grace bomb. And, and you get to hear their stories and there's so much stuff going on. You never knew, but you can check out some other podcasts for those. Cause I just thought, okay, what are the last couple stories that came in at gracebomb.org? I was like, all right, I'm just going to share those. All right. So this just is from this week. Just to give you a taste of you know what you kind of see on the other side, these are two stories that I'll just tell you verbatim that came from the recipient of the Grace bombs. And it's always cool when you hear the recipient because you don't know if they're believers, not believers, what have you. So our last story was Kristen in South Carolina. And I love the little detail she said. She said, "I just got ready for a date and got stood up." And I was feeling down and took myself to Dunkin' Donuts to get a coffee. The sweet girl in front of me paid for my drink and the lady at the window gave me the grace bomb card. It truly made my day. So I would say, you know, there might be some times we're just doing it to do it and we might not have got a prompting, but whoever may have been nudged to bless in that moment had no idea that Kristen just got stood up. And I've been married for 18 years. I can't even put myself in the dating scene. Like I don't even have a concept of what that looks like these days, but I can only imagine that it feels terrible to get ghosted on a date and then bam for somebody to come in. But then to say, listen, you're loved more than you know, because for Kristen to share that story, she probably also saw the 45 second thing of me saying God loves you more than, you know, your neighbor just is giving you a small taste of that. You know, there's more where that came from. And so that was pretty cool. And then That's the awesome. story right before that, this a gal Ariel in Maine said, I was serving a couple tonight after having a tough conversation with my, with my previous table about losing their child. It made me teary-eyed, but I continued serving. I then went to greet the couple at my table and was still so moved by the previous conversations, started to cry. I apologized for my sensitivity and took their food and drink order. I had a very long day. My dad's birthday is coming up. So I stayed late and let the other servers go home. They left me, the people at the table, they left me a wonderful tip and a grace bomb card and a very beautiful note. I will now keep in my server book. To Mr. and Mrs. Green, thank you for your kind words. And thank you for helping me get my dad a birthday gift. And so again, just another- instance of an everyday thing. Some couple's out on date night, somebody's out at Dunkin' Donuts. These are the everyday opportunities where every person in our congregation has these moments that let's just give them a fun way to break the ice in those moments. That's kind of what the, you know, grace bomb starts as it's just a fun icebreaker. And then for Mr. And Mrs. Green, to maybe see that story on social media or hear it in their church yeah. about that impact that they made. How does that make Mr. and Mrs. Green feel? They're like, wow, well, it felt awesome, but now it's even more awesome. And I want to keep doing things like this. And maybe when I go back, maybe I'll have a conversation with Ariel. Maybe I can pray for her next time. Maybe I can ask her how her dad's birthday was. M- maybe at some point we have a relationship and that's where we want people to go and to grow into those things. But it Absolutely. takes them getting out of your comfort zone to get there. Absolutely,
0: Pat. And both of those are just powerful stories. And yet, it just it just took a way of thinking, changing, and and giving a simple tool. So they were thinking about it. They had the tool. They were prepared. Like load, launch, or load. Listen
1: close. I give load, you. I give you still a partial and credit. <laughs> and uh,
0: and they did that they they really did that they they were prepared they loaded and and then they were listening for that opportunity yeah. to the Holy Spirit and then they actually launched it and created yeah. life impact
1: yeah that's and, right
0: and what you're saying about church culture and many of you listening right now are pastors and church and denominational leaders to create culture as Pat said, you've got to tell the right stories because what gets rewarded gets repeated in every culture, what gets rewarded gets repeated. And you begin to tell these stories and other people make heroes out of your people that are actually doing the Mm -hmm. work of ministry out uh, being salt and light, showing the good works of Jesus. This changes a culture. And I love the fact that this, uh, this is uh, 18 messages over, over three years that you provide. So I love the fact that, um, you're giving people a tool, but it's, it's for the individual, but it's also a disciple making tool for a church to move into in depth. And if you're just joining us, we're, we're with Pat Linnell who wrote the book, Grace Bomb. It's just come out in May. Grace Bomb, the surprising impact of loving your neighbor and, uh, and offers, um, his ministry, this, uh, this discipleship tool to churches. And uh, I, I want, I want you to tell one more story. Um, I'm going to just fire at this uh, in, in looking at, um, at your webpage uh, you said that your favorite grace bomb stories are those that you do with Kristen and the kids. And <laughs> yeah. if you didn't hear us earlier, he's got four kids. And so <laughs> we're, we're talking about this grace bomb as a discipleship tool and Pat just said a little while ago um, that discipleship starts in the home. Mm-hmm. That's where it really starts. And so, can you can you give us a story from <laughs> that helped disciple your your kids through Grace Bomb?
1: Sure. Yeah, uh, I definitely can. Um, so one of my favorite family stories was it was actually on a day where I did not want anything. I didn't want to do any neighbor loving. <laughs> in general, I came home. I was tired from a church day, right? And all I want to do is I want to put my feet up and relax. But when I got back, my daughter, who is seven at the time, comes bounding up to the car. And she's my daughter, Scarlett. She's like, dad, take me on a daddy daughter date. I was like, okay. So I take her out. We had a couple hours to kill. I took her to McDonald's. But what was clutch was I'm walking in just on a mission to get you know a happy meal and get out. But she stops in the middle of the parking lot and says, dad, we should grace bomb somebody. And, you know, as a dad, and then you have your youngest daughter, like wanting to do something in the name of Jesus. It's like, okay, I got to fan that flame, even if I'm (laughs) not in the mood for it. (laughs) So we, so that, so at McDonald's, uh, I went back in my backpack. I had three grace bomb cards, put them all in my pocket. And we grace bombed anonymously this first couple. Uh, it was an elderly couple, and Scarlett and I paid for their meal, just kind of like the one at Dunkin' Donuts. We didn't know what happened, but we just imagined how that felt. And that's kind of where, like, a lot of people need to start. I'm going to be anonymous. I'm going to leave the card. They're never going to know it was me, and that's okay. Like most of our people, for that, for them, like that's a big step of faith just to do that. Right. But then Scarlett went off to her midweek Awana camp and she grace-bombed somebody else and we helped her prepare that, had to be a little bit more relational. But the crazy part of this story incorporating more of the family was we dropped the kids off, Kristen and I, and then we go out on a date night. And actually a lot like that other story that I told with Ariel, the server comes up and the couple who had sat there previous to us skipped out on the check. They left the check. And ghosted this lady. And Kristen and I were both very clearly prompted in that moment. We got to grace bomb her. But what was amazing was uh, we grace bomb our server, Terry. We leave an extra amount that would have covered the walked out check. We leave her a note of encouragement. Uh, and we felt great. We just kind of left and we felt great. Kristen kind of wanted to see what was going to happen. I'm trying to like pull her out, you know? <laughs> uh, she's trying to like hide behind a tree to see the, Terry's reaction. We felt great as a couple. We felt like that was the end of the story because there's a joy that follows obedience to Jesus. Absolutely. It's like we're trying to be good stewards with our finances as best as we can, still working on that, but as best as we can. And here's a great opportunity to bless someone and point them to Jesus. As far as we knew, that was the end of the story. But a couple months later, I go back into that restaurant. It's called Chad's Barbecue. If you're ever on the East Coast, Chad's Barbecue, Maryland, you gotta check it out. Awesome wings. I go back in the restaurant and for the first time ever, I see Chad, who's behind the counter, the owner of the place signaling to me as I'm like down on my phone saying, Hey, I know you, you did that thing for our server. Thanks for doing that. I was like, yeah, two thumbs up. And then his wife comes over Christy. She doesn't work there. She's in real estate. She just happened to be there. And she said the same thing, but then she said, Pat, would you mind if I shared Grace Bomb with my business network? Because we're trying to always perpetuate good things in the community. So I was like, okay, I don't know if Christy's a believer or not, but she wants to perpetuate the conversation of grace with a business network. Let's do it. I said, go for it. You can share Grace Bomb with whoever you want. (laughs) And as far as I knew, that was the end of the story. Uh, And it turned out that Christy went on to give her whole team $100 bills and sent them out to grace bomb people. They came back with their favorite stories. They talked about how it got them thinking differently about their neighbors. She puts all of those stories in a letter, sends it out to a broader business network. And you mentioned ripples earlier, and I was seeing some cool widening effects of a simple step of faith. But it was only then I realized, or I really started to see the depth of what God was doing. Because a few months later, Christy, this real estate lady is standing in the back of our church. As I'm preaching on a Palm Sunday, she comes up to me after the message. She says, Hey, I don't want to be a bother, but I wanted to let you know that I'm joining the church and I've, I've kind of reinvestigated Jesus. And it was a lot had to do with when I kind of got hit with all that grace bomb stuff. It got wow. me rethinking. And I said, Christy, wow, that's, that's amazing. She said, Pat, I, I ended a 20 year silence with the Lord. Wow. And I'm like, Whoa. Later on, I came to find out that 20 years prior, she was starting to move towards church and a friend was tragically killed in the middle of the night at a Dunkin' Donuts in Maryland. We're on a Dunkin' Donuts theme tonight, today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But tragically killed, and she started to pull away from faith. And then a couple of years later, she experienced an unforeseen divorce. And so she said, I'm out. And she didn't talk to anyone about God or Jesus or church for 20 years. Wow. Until about the time a little seven year old girl came bounding up to her dad's car, wanting a date and then wanting to grace bomb somebody. And, you know, it wasn't lost on Christy that Scarlett was the one who pushed that first domino, because on. later on Christy was baptized and she asked for Scarlett and my wife to be at the front, to be there participating in that baptism because she realized how crucial that was. They were, uh, in, in how the Lord was working in her life. So for Kristen and my daughter to be a part of something like that, Wow. That all started from let's grace bomb somebody really. And translation, dad, we're out among people. Maybe we could point somebody to Jesus in a fun way. Uh, that that's right up there. I got some other fun family ones, but that one's definitely up there in the ranks.
0: That is an amazing story, Pat. And, uh, the, the, the fact is. When you release grace, when you become an instrument of grace uh, in ordinary settings, you just never know how far God, by His Spirit, is going to take that act of grace. And uh, what if you're if you're a parent with kids uh, listening in right now? Wouldn't you love your kids to have the same kind of heart that Scarlett had? I mm-hmm. mean that that's just What a great discipleship tool for your family. You've got to get this book, Grace Bomb, The Surprising Impact of Loving Your Neighbor. And we've got a link right there that you can access it immediately. But um, this book tour is not about, let's sell a lot of books. That's not Mm -hmm. what it is. Uh, In fact, it goes much deeper than that because um, not only do we want you to disciple your own life and your family's life, but um, most of you are church leaders, and we want you to have a discipleship tool Mm -hmm. that goes deep into your congregation's life in a very accessible way. And that's what I believe Grace Bomb does. Um, Can can you talk, uh, can you can you walk us through the life cycle of Grace Bomb in a partner church? And, and I want to steal your thunder just for a second, Pat, okay. because this is so phenomenal. Folks, you got to listen to this. Believe me, I've been a pastor for 30 years in ministry for 43. And um, this part is just amazing. What Grace Bomb, what Pat wants to do through the Grace Bomb ministry tool is just to gift you one of the gift it to you. It's it's free. I, I, I mean, I'm still trying to get my head around that <laughs> because I've been in ministry so long and guys like you have great stuff, but often it costs some money and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that, but the 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 one of the evidence that God's hand is really upon this is the fact that mm. you've had folks come around you and your ministry who believe so strongly in what the Holy Spirit is doing through you that that they are financing this thing to make it available to churches for free mm-hmm. now you need to buy the book but um right but, but <laughs> the ministry is yeah. free uh, talk 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 about that
1: yeah well we the, our, our heart is to make grace bomb a grace bomb and you know you mentioned the book tour is not like a true blue book tour which you know when we partner with david c cook There is a book and it's for sale like other books, but before there was a book, there was a movement. And before there was a movement, there were resources, a sermon series, study guides, devotionals, things to go deep in your congregation. And the reality is we love partnering with churches who just need a spark, who need a catalyst, who need to drop something in to get people on the road to the great commission. And most churches in the United States are like 150 or less. And we're not talking about big budgets and, and all of that. Like a lot of people are just trying to figure out how to make the ends meet, how to keep people coming on Sundays. So we want to take the financial burden off of churches and just give our best stuff away. Cause like, why not? At the, at the end of the day, the, at the core of grace bomb, it's the gospel. It's our identity in Christ. It's good works that he's prepared. It's a fun way to get after it there's cool branding and stuff around it, but it's just biblical principles. And I think those should always be free. So like, what do we, why why would we charge? And my roots in ministry, you know, I went to school for business and blah, blah, blah. But then I, uh, you know, got caught up in a small group that changed my life. And I learned ministry by way of raising support as a missionary and doing an internship for three years. And that was my paradigm and, you know, it's biblical and it's maybe not for everybody, And so when it came to Grace Bomb, it just came full circle. I worked in a really good secure church for a long time and a couple of years back presented with the same opportunity, go raise the funds and go unleash the ministry. And so, yes, we have a team of investors who make these resources available, the cards and loading stations and, and our staff is all paid so we can have relationships with the churches and really get this thing going. So yeah. So that's yeah. the uh that's kind of the fun yeah. grace bomb is a grace bomb. But then on the onset, Larry, you had asked, walk us through the, the life cycle. stage. Yeah, yeah. So this first season in a church is really launching grace bomb because it's kind of a novel concept. What is it? How do we do it? What are some examples? Where do the stories fit in? Can I get cards? Uh, where does this come from in the scriptures? What does this mean about my identity in Christ? all of those things are addressed in that first season. And the first season is really just to get people trying it a few times. And after uh, we launch in a church, we come back for grace bomb reloaded because then we start talking about how we're growing and how we're changing as we take these, you know, steps of obedience. And so we address things in that second season, like How do we grow, no kidding, in the awareness of our neighbors? In our prayer life, how can we go deeper about what might come of our our good works that God's prepared in advance? We, We dig into that topic. We've touched on a little bit in discerning the promptings of the Holy spirit. We even take a look at our generosity and stewardship, like, cause grace bombing is fun. And, and because money is an idol in America, financial blessings are very shocking for most people, but Jesus doesn't want us to go broke. And so we have to take a financial accounting of, you know, our, our walks with him. But ultimately, as we grow outside of our comfort zone, then we get to address, if given the opportunity, can I articulate my faith, whether it's a cross or Romans six twenty three, one verse, three circles, a bridge, however you might slice and dice it. Can I share my story and the gospel story with a neighbor personally? And that's the second season. And so like, we do get to that sharing your faith, but we realize it might take a couple, you know, 12, 24 months to get there. And then finally, in the last season of grace bomb, we explore if somebody among your neighbors who you may have, might've grace bombed comes to faith. Can you disciple them? Can you walk them into when Jesus says, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, where do you start? And, you know, some churches have mechanisms for this, but we are, we're more decentralized. We're more spirit led. And so we want to put the onus on the individual to be able to disciple a few as opposed to like okay well come and hear my pastor so he can disciple you that might be part of the mix but we want those muscles to get strengthened as well. So that's sort of the progression uh, as we as we travel from the the seats I'm riding the bench is here and the great commission's way over here and we just want to help people make a progression in, in, in the course of those three periods, I'm also a hockey player. So I use that three period uh, that <laughs> illustration too.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. If you're, you're just joining us, uh, we're on a book tour with uh, Pat Linnell and the book, Grace Bomb, the surprising impact of loving your neighbor. And it's been a fascinating conversation already that I'm just so excited about, um, not just for my church but uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ, because the more that we can link everyday acts of grace and love, spirit-led acts of grace and love especially, with with Jesus. And and if you missed the first explanation, go back and watch this later about the difference between grace bombs and uh, just random acts of kindness, because they're not anything the same. Um, they're very different, and mm-hmm. um, we, we'd love for you to understand that. But you need to get the book Grace Bomb, and uh, it's available right there as a link. And uh, Pat has has just developed. Uh, he and his team, man, I, I I went to your website, and you guys, the branding is phenomenal. The website is Grace. There's even, you know, he doesn't even charge for this, but there's a store that. Has things you can buy
1: that are really cool, man. Oh, I,
0: I, <laughs> I loved your branding and, and the stuff you're yeah. offering.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, there's some cool swag out there, but yeah, we kind of like, like swag is available, but know, we want to. No, it's not you, you don't push
0: it, but I just got to tell you, I see a lot of swag because uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm around a lot of ministries and ministry leaders. and Larry, yeah. I'm going to send you a shirt. <laughs> well, I'll take one because <laughs> it's. <laughs> but but, but it's, 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 really, it's really cool. Um, so we, we've had another question come yeah. in, and it says this, uh, many churches are, um, are penetrating the community with good deeds, but many want to be in the news, get good press. How should we approach this in light of Matthew six one and Matthew five sixteen, which uh, six one is talking about being aware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them, but then um, Matthew five sixteen, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And um, yeah, it, it, how, how do how do we make sure that uh, that we're we're not just turning this into a marketing tool or about us and ego driven thing. Speak to that, Pat, would you?
1: Yeah. And whoever asked that question, thank you. Uh, Since the inception of grace bomb um, what's happening in Matthew six with the Pharisees out wanting to be seen has always been a thing because we're big on sharing. We're big on stories. And so thank you. Whoever asked this question Uh, I think at the heart of it is humility And because what I see here is it seems like a little bit of a contrast because in Matthew 5, 16, you have this 14 through 16, you have this awesome passage of Jesus saying, you are the light of the world. Whoa. Okay. So I get when Jesus says he's the light of the world in John eight, but like I'm the light of the world. And then he says, you know, let your light shine before men. He ties our good works with being the light of the world so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven. So there's, there's very visible demonstrable, tangible way that your good works are going to be seen and felt. So that's, that's one cent, That's one side of the biblical tension, right? And then you have Matthew six and Jesus describing, I think what's happening here is Jesus describing these Pharisees who at the heart of it are being hypocritical because they want to be seen with their giving. They want to be seen with their fasting. They're presenting themselves publicly to be seen on one hand. But then Matthew five was like, your good works will be seen. What's Mm. the difference? What gives it's Mm. gotta be the heart, right? Because the heart of the Pharisees we knew was off. And so Jesus is correcting a heart issue. It was pride. It was pride. It wasn't humility. And this is where believers actually, I think have, we, we have some discomfort in sharing what we're doing because we're not you know supposed to let our right hand know what our left hand's doing but here's the tension the tension is and why we're about sharing we share stories with grace bomb in the spirit of hebrews 10:24 where the author of hebrews tells us let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works yeah. we live in a church age where we are dying for creativity and no kidding ways to break the ice with our neighbors and if our heart Of sharing our story is to say, look what God did. He placed this thing on my heart. I had these fears. I did it. And if our, if we share those stories thinking this might encourage my brother or sister in Christ, they could do this too. Or I got to share because it was such a cool thing that God did. If that's our heart, I think we're okay. We're we're in the Matthew five camp, but if I go, and I'm going to share this story about all the cool things that I did, so that people hear about the church and we get more people coming in the front door, I might need to check my heart on that. So I think it's coming down to the individual or perhaps each church and Larry, you can probably speak to this too, as, as a leader and as a pastor, I think it's asking the question, where is our heart? Do we want to do things to be seen or do we want to genuinely love someone with no strings attached? And we obviously take the direction of, We need to hear creative stories. We need to hear more ideas. I believe that the church should be driving the cultural conversation of kindness, not to get people to come, but simply that we could be an example and a model of love. And so I think, you know, a lot of it might come down to where our heart is. But Larry, you're probably way more seasoned and wise on this than me. So what do you think about that one? (laughs) uh,
0: No, I love your explanation. And I just say a hearty amen. Uh, Absolutely. Because it, it all comes down to who you want to be seen. And if you want Jesus to be seen and not yourself or not your church, your church brand for itself, then, then you're in that place that your story becomes a tool that the Holy Spirit uses to motivate and stir others up to replicating the same kind of behavior that you've just given a testimony of God's goodness. And so it does. You, you can tell the same story as um, as a Pharisee or as an evangelist. And um, so, and, and, and even this tagline that you use, loving your neighbor with no strings attached. You see, that's a servant posture. And no strings attached mean I'm not trying to gain anything for myself. And even for them, I'm not doing it with an with an expectation. In fact, this phrase came up. I I, uh, I want to grace bomb some, uh, someone with anticipation, but not expectation. Mm. In other words, anticipation for what God might do with it, but no expectation that would place that's a good. weight upon them to respond in a certain way, or that I would gain something in a certain way. Um, and so that's the heart I feel from Pat and from this book and from this concept of grace bomb. And you've got to get the book grace bomb. Um, the surprising impact of really loving your neighbor mm. and go to the Facebook page because you're going to read all kind of incredible stories there of, of this really being lived out in, uh, in 24, seven real life in ordinary ways. And, um, and go to their website. Uh, um, just visit their website, grace bomb. Um, what is it? Grace Bomb?
1: Yep. Yeah, so it's gracebomb.org is what anybody in the broader culture will find, and if you know they're interested or intrigued, they'll go check it out. But for the churches and the leaders, there's gracebombco.org. And the reason we wanted a separate website, we didn't want yep. to, for the person getting gracebomb to like go to a website and see all the stuff about churches and discipleship resources and yada yada. We wanted them to see like. God loves them and Jesus is the source of kindness, right? Uh, But grace bomb co is for the churches. And we get into some of the deeper stuff that we've been talking about, how to get connected and all of that. And Larry, I love, I'm, I'm taking this brother. You said, when I grace bomb somebody, it's no strings attached, but I have anticipation, but not expectation. Mm -hmm. That's such a great heart and such a great servant's posture, because if nothing comes of it, that's okay. Yes. Because it was my obedience to the Lord that now I'm set free. Like He prompted me to do this thing and I'm good. And I could be praying that things happen, but I'm really set free. Uh and I, and I love that. Yeah. And you know, I will I will speak to one part of this. Um, you know, how that you, you know, you'd mentioned how is this not like a marketing campaign for our church? Well. Because you know, we've even had churches say, Hey, can we put our logo on the grace bomb card and all of that? We wanted to really make this focused on Jesus, on spiritual growth for the person in the congregation. But I contend if they're growing, your church is gonna your church is gonna grow.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) But we also know this because we want to be we wanna be practical and just common sense. If somebody gets grace bombed and it felt awesome and they don't have they don't know of a good church in their neck of the woods we did want them to have a way to find the church. Like we're not trying to say this is not coming from a church. And so when churches partner with grace bomb, you will be on the grace bomb website and with your city and state. So if I'm in Annapolis, Maryland and I get grace bombed, I have a way to find out where that came from. And, you know, that's another layer sort of, of anonymity that we provide where you can be set free of like, it's, you're not just making it about, Hey, here's a flyer for my church, you know, come. Um, And, you know, also when people share stories with Grace Bomb, uh, there's a layer of anonymity because they don't have to share their name like they can, but they don't have to. So if you have like a discomfort and I don't want to make it about me, I'm kind of hung up on Matthew six. All right, share a story, but just say it's anonymous and let us do the sharing for you. So we kind of provide some protection against uh, the pride thing. So uh, we're trying to help people out in that regard as well. No, I see that brother. And uh,
0: I really, really, really appreciate that so much. Um, Just a fun question before we go. Mm -hmm. G love and the special sauce. Yeah. Any, uh, any, any connection between uh, grace bomb and G love and the special sauce,
1: (laughs) man, I tell you what, If anybody listening or watching is down with G-Love, you know what I'm talking about. I grew up on the East Coast. I I grew up going to the inner city Baltimore church and Philly is just a couple hours north of here. And in college, here's the thing. I wasn't taking Jesus that seriously in college. It was after college where I got hooked into a young adult small group and my life changed. Uh, And one of my favorite pastimes with the boys was to hang out, acoustic guitar, freestyle rapping, you know, just all of that. And G-Love kind of embodied that rap and blues thing. And he's kind of like never reached the stratosphere of like pop star, but he was kind of a jam. And so there's nothing magical about G-Love and Special Sauce, but I, I probably know more of his songs uh, than, than most
0: <laughs> well, I listened to uh, for the first time because of you, and I liked it, but the, <laughs> even at my age, I liked it, uh, but the special sauce that uh, God out- offers each one of us is his amazing love and amazing grace, mm. and to see that flow through us is um, it's just a great delight to our souls and a great impact. For the kingdom's sake. And so, uh, one more time, I just want to encourage you to get the book Grace Bomb, to go to the Facebook page gracebomb.org on the web or gracebomb.co uh, if you're a church leader. Um, and, and really, um, Pat, thank you so much. Uh, we are so blessed by your life, your ministry, and what you're doing. And uh, we just pray that God would just multiply exponentially the work that you're doing. Thanks for being with us on our Exponential Book Tour. Thanks, Pat Linnell, and God bless each one of you.